Umagyanatumirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurimaritam Yenat Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Ajanulambita Bhujo Kanagavadatu Sankitanai Kapitaro Kamalaya Takshu Vishwambaro Dvijaboro Yugadharma Palo Jagat Priyakaro Karuna Bhutaro He Krishna Karuna Jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kantara Rakantunamusate Tapta Kanchana Gaudangi Radhe Vrindavanishpuri Prashadhanusate Devi Kanamani Adipriye Shri Gauri Vashnabhukuru Paramparaki Jaya Sri Radha Govinda ki jai, Sri Gokul Tarni Radhe ki jai, Guru Bhakti Govinda ki jai, Guru Pramanandai. So, welcome everyone. I want to speak a little bit uh, philosophically first about the significance of Srimati Radharani. I received an inquiry just uh, yesterday from uh, a devotee who apparently is in the midst of a discussion with some other devotees about the nature of Radha and where she fits in with regard to the classical categories of Vedanta that are discussed and sought to be explained and, and, and resolved in a system of a metaphysical system is what acharyas do. The taught for the three subjects are Brahman, Jiva, and Maya, God, the world, and the Jivas. We speak about these things in Gaudi Vaishnavism, sometimes we speak about them in terms of Sambandagyan, what is the relationship between the Jiva and Maya, and, uh, or the Jagat, the world, the Jagat and the Bhagavan, the world and God, and God and the, and the jivas and so on and so forth. So these are the three things that um, <clears throat> we know the world's there, we know the jivas are here, and if we're religious we know that God is also there. So how do they all work together? What are the implications of these three? So the question is where does Radha fit in? Is she jiva? Is she jagat? Is she Bhagawan? Or if she's not any of these, how does, where, does, where does she really come into the picture? in the classical Vedantic discussion. So, I wanted to speak about something, speak an answer to this somewhat. And first, of course, our our mind will go to Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the ontological position of Radha is explained in some, in some depth in the fourth chapter, wherein... Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami seeks to explain the internal reasons for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent in two verses, both of which are drawn from his Mangalacharan. They are the third and the, f- or the third, yes, and the fourth verses in his Mangalacharan that speak about Radha. They are the fifth and the sixth. Anyway, but they are the third and the fourth. Fourth and the fifth? Yeah. Fourth and fifth. They're the third and the fourth in terms of the four that speak about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
Pranam to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, a, a uh, Ashubad Shlok. Uh, oh, actually, there's more. Uh, Shlok, speaking of the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Tattva of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then a slok that gives a benediction describing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent, the rareness of it, and so forth. So that's one, two, and three. Then four and five about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would be these two verses that come in the fourth chapter, describing the internal reasons for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent. And the first of those verses, Krishna Kaviraj Goswami says that Radha Krishna Pranay Vikrilani Shaktirasmad Ekatmanobhapi Bhubipura Deham Bedogato Chaitanya Kyampakatam Dunatatvaig. Tadvayam chaikim aptam radha bhava duti suvalitam nomi krishna surupam. So, in Radha Krishna Pranay Bhakriti, Radha and Krishna, he says that Radha is the Pranay Bhakriti, means the transformation of, of love that um, brings about the, uh, the lila of Radha and Krishna. <coughs> all of which is conducted by the, under the influence of the Ladini Shakti, which she personifies. And then he says that Krishna is one eternally. He becomes two eternally. And the two again become one, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The one is Krishna, the two is Radha. The one and two combined, the we, if you will, is, uh, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Two in one. So... This is a very nice verse, and after he gives an introduction, he actually begins to explain the verse, and he explains the verse in terms of our particular metaphysic, that of Bodhi Vaishnavism, coined, um, the name is coined by Jiva Goswami, Achintya Veda Veda Tattva. The nature of reality is that it is inconceivably, simultaneously one, and different, simultaneously objective and subjective. And this, of course, he's explaining, Jiva Goswami is explaining, is the nature of all being. So, to use the terms objective and subjective, there's an objective and subjective component to everything. Nothing can be purely objective. As soon as we speak about it, it becomes subjective influence comes. These two things are intertwined. So, Radha and Krishna are intertwined. And therefore, in this sense, Radha will be identified with with Brahman in terms of these three classic categories, Brahman, Jiva, and and Jagat, or the world, the, the, this, the, the individual souls, and, and God. So we want to be careful to underscore her divinity. She's not a Jiva. And she's not uh, matter, not jagat. So she's identified with with Brahman, with a god. In in the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, we find uh, the explanation of Vyasa's samadhi, his trance, which gave rise to the writing of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And there described are God, the Jivas, and Maya and the remedial measure, the remedy to the solution of the jivas who are entangled with maya. Bhagavatam, of course, is a, is a, is a natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So, where is 
Radha in the vision of Vyas that gave rise to Srimad Bhagavatam. Madhiva Goswami says you cannot talk about Brahman or Bhagavan, the full face of Brahman, without understanding that these, his Swarup Shakti, which Radha is constituted of, uh, being implied any more than you can talk about the moon without its shine. So we say that when we talk about Brahman, then his Shakti, Swarup Shakti, is implied. Of course, also, when we say, in terms of the trance of Vyas revealed by Sutta Goswami, that Brahman is spoken of, the Jiva and, and the Jagat are spoken of, and the remedial measure is spoken of. The remedy to the Jiva's is a predicament in connection with Maya. We can also say Radha is mentioned there as the remedial measure, because this bhakti is constituted of the sort of shakti. Also, Jiva Goswami has given a nice explanation of, of really his, his, his worldview of the nature of ultimate reality. And, and how, it's interesting to note how, in doing so, he studied the works of the previous thinkers, classical thinkers on Vedanta, like Shankar and Ramanuja, to showcase these two who are, who are to, uh, opposed to one another, in, in, in a sense. Ramanuja coming after Shankar. Ramanuja, Shankar analyzed the nature of being and said, well, the nature of reality is that it's uh, that which cannot be denied. All, all material manifestations, being here today and gone tomorrow, don't ultimately exist. So they're not real. Therefore, he concluded that the world, the Jagat, is not real. And the Jiva, which is, in something, which is consciousness in relation to the world, because the world isn't real, the Jiva isn't ultimately real either. So he posited a kind of a pure subjectivity, consciousness, Brahman, exists really alone. These other two things, the Jiva and, and Maya, Jiva and Jagat, they're an appearance, a superimposition upon Brahman. This was his idea. So he made, made some good points, in one sense, that, uh, but, but Ramanuja wanted to come and say, wait a minute, there's no meaning to consciousness, to pure subjectivity, without any objectivity. In other words, without there's no meaning to consciousness unless there's something to be conscious of. Just to exist in pure consciousness with nothing else, no, no object of consciousness, might as well deny that too, just like you've denied, denied the world. Hmm? So he did. He totally denied the notion of, of Ramanuja, of ultimate reality. Mampur was a little more generous <laughs> than Ramanuja. He was the first of the Vedantins to come in the devotional wave that would opposed to one degree or another this outlook of of um, of Shankar that that um, is away with the opportunity of with the jiva and, and the possibility of devotion and, and love of God and so forth. So Ramanuja said no, so the world exists and jivas and so there's some object for the ultimate consciousness to be conscious of and this way he explained his metaphysic so, in this way, they have explained these two. What is the world? What is the jiva? What is, what is Brahman? But Mahabrabhu, according to Jiva Goswami, had a bit of a different idea, and he wasn't quite satisfied with their 
position, each of which had said something profound about the nature of being. And uh, he pursued the nature of consciousness very deeply, and he thought there must be something more about consciousness that hasn't been told that gives rise to a better explanation of the world and the jivas than what has come thus far. And looking in, within Brahman, within consciousness, he drew from the Upanishads, where Brahman is mostly discussed directly, and in Shvetashvatara Upanishad he came up with a nice statement that basically his whole uh, outlook hangs upon, and that is, that Brahman is, is, has innumerable shaktis. There it is mentioned later in that verse, jnana, bala, kriya, cha. In Gaudi terminology, jnana, bala, and kriya. Jnana means knowledge. Bala means strength. And kriya means activity. So in Gaudi terminology, these things come as samvit, jnana, bala, Sandini, the, the support, presided over some bit by Vasudev, Bala, or Sandini by, by Ram, Balram, and Kriya. Kriya means Ladini, movement, activity, and that is presided over by Radha. So looking within Brahman, he found that consciousness, as I've said before, con- the consciousness of consciousness is what he wanted to find out. And the consciousness of consciousness he found to be the shakti, ultimately to be love. He said something like, in Baladev's language, in Prima, what is this, Prima Ratnavali, that to understand it, being exists. Of course it exists. Being <laughs> exists. It's what we call a tautology, but uh, nonetheless we, we invoke statements like this. Being exists. So being is the Brahman and its existence, really, is the Shakti that it is possessed of. Those Shaktis are inherent in Brahman and they give life and, 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 and meaning to Brahman. And the primal Shakti of the Lord is Radha. Wherever the Lord appears, His consort appears. As there are many manifestations of the Lord, so there are many manifestations of His, of His Shakti. This way, they are identified with Bhagawan, with Brahman, who has Avatar. She has Avatar. She's, Chaitanya Charitamrita's language, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says, two bodies, one soul. Radha and Krishna. So they are one. This is one side of the equation of a Chinti Beda Beda. Radha and Krishna one. She's fully identified with divinity, with Brahman. She comes outside eternally. Sometimes it's said she appeared out of the left side of Krishna, Radha. And the two are standing, Radha and Krishna, perpetually. She should be worshipped equally as we worship God. Not that she's a jiva. Some Sampradayas think she's a jiva, a Nityamukta jiva. Some think worse than that. Less than that, some type of illusory representation in process. So no, we should identify our holy with with Brahman, fully divine. But at the same time, because she's the primal Shakti of the Lord, 
the source of all shaktis, then she must also be identified with jiva and jagat, which are two of the shaktis of the Lord. Therefore, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has given a nice explanation about shakti tattva with regard to Radha. When he says that the surup shakti, this is the Lord's internal energy, under which the affairs of Radha and Krishna are conducted, which she presides over, ultimately as the primal shakti and as the personification of ladini, or kriya, bliss, pleasure potency, that potency that makes the lila go round, if you will. It's moving by love. Jiva Goswami is saying, Brahman is, is, is motivated by love. And because of that, the whole affair is going on. Therefore, the jivas are manifest. Therefore, the world is manifest. Out of love, out of joy, the whole thing is going on. And the joy is, is an affair of Brahman's love affair. He's in love with himself, and appropriately so. <laughs> and Radha is that, that aspect of himself that it expresses the love of himself. So she's inseparable from him. And this is why the world's going on. This is how to understand the manifestation of the jiva in the world, which is a particular um, manifestation of the Lord in Lila, Shishti Lila. So while this is so, as I mentioned, and she should be identified with Brahman and is inseparable from her, wherever he appears, she appears, you cannot talk about him without talking about her. So he's, she's implied within, within a discussion of, of him. goes without saying. With saying something about it, <laughs> this is what Gaudiya Vaishnavas do. They say she's implied in the general sense, but then they come out and, and explain what that implied, why that must be implied in Bhagwan, in Brahman, and with, with great detail. And then they, they glorify this aspect, uh, is not sufficient to describe it, of, of Brahman, the very nature of Brahman they want to speak about. Hmm? So fully identified with Brahman, but fully identified also with the Jiva and the Jagat. How is that? Bhaktivinoda Thakur has given a nice explanation. That because the Surup Shakti is the primary Shakti, and Radha is the primary manifestation of Shakti Tattva, just like we say, oh, this uh, Shiva, uh, Parvati, is a partial manifestation of Radha, Durga. So that is one of the Shaktis of the Lord. So the Jiva is another kind of Shakti of the Lord. All these Shakti Tattvas, they flow from Radha, as all the Vishnu Tattvas flow from Bhagavan Krishna. He's the Swayam Bhagavan, she's the Swayam Shakti. So, because the Jivas are Shakti and the world is Shakti, she's also identified with them. And Bhaktivinoda Chakra says, in the Jiva, which is a tiny particle of consciousness. She's present partially. The Swarup Shakti is present partially. How is it present partially? Swarup Shakti has three features. Samvit, Sandini, and Ladini. So within the Jiva, the capacity to taste Brahmananda is present. So this is joy tasting. In other words, Jiva has a capacity to taste joy. Not the full joy of Golok. The full expression of the Swarup Shakti, which manifests as Leela 
Lilamai, Anandali, Lila. That requires bhakti. That requires connection with Guru Parampara and the descent of the full Swarup Shakti through Guru Parampara that activates that and turns the Brahmananda, which is the, the capacity of the jiva to taste uh, the pleasure of Brahman, into the capacity to, to, to take part in the Leela. So Ladini is represented partially as Brahmananda, capacity to relish, to taste bliss, and um, uh, Samvit, Brahmagyan, the possi- possibility of, of, of knowing oneself to be different from matter, which is considerable knowing. And uh, Sandini means the, the very form of the uh, of the jiva, atomic jiva. So she's partially present, or Surup Shakti is partially present. Surup Shakti is, is is the primary Shakti, and Radha is the is the kind of the fullest expression of the Surup Shakti. And in Maya, in the Jagat, in the world, he says, Bhaktivinotaku says, the Surup Shakti is present in a, in a distorted way. Again, his logic is very nice. These Shaktis all emanate from the original Shakti. So there must be trace element of the original Shakti in all Shaktis. As there is in the Jiva, as I explained, so in the Maya Shakti. He says it's in a, in a distorted way. Therefore, Ladini is, is present there in the form of the, uh, um, the pleasure of sense gratification. That there is some pleasure, and there is some, not much, <laughs> pleasure in sense gratification, but it's because the Maya Shakti is coming from the Surup Shakti ultimately, and so in a distorted way, uh, some pleasure potential is there. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's material knowledge in relation to material uh, objects in the material world, one of consciousness can experience material knowledge. So this is the version of the distortion of Samvit, and then the whole manifestation of the world and material forms and so forth. This is the Sandini Shakti represented in Maya. So, because she's the, the primal Shakti, Radha, then we can say she's also identified with Jiva and the Jagat, as well as with Burman. So she's both. She's in everything. <laughs> you cannot escape her in any way. She's manifest. She's partially represented in the jiva. She's partially represented in Jagat. She's represented within within Brahman, also. And the means for the jiva to get disentangled from Jagat and make have union with Bhagwan, with Brahman, as Bhakti Devi. Inasmuch as Ladini Shakti, Sambit Shakti, and Sandini Shakti, this is all makes up Bhakti. Bhakti is performed on the uh, on the stage of Ladini of the Sandini Shakti as a combination of Sambit and Ladini. So in this way, according to our school of Vedanta, you cannot miss Radha at all. Whether you look at the Jiva, whether you look at uh, Jagat or Brahman. Or the means for the jiva to come out of the of the jagat and have union with Brahman, in love, Radha is all pervasive. Therefore, our acharyas have said things, and so here I've given some very brief explanation as to why it's appropriate. When when looking at Srimad Bhagavatam, which, as Guru Purana has mentioned, is the natural commentary on the sutras, 
Vedanta Sutras, they have given it the term, they have called the Bhagavat Purana what? Srimad Bhagavatam. This is very nice. The Goswamis have grabbed onto this. It's Bhagavat Purana, better known as Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam means about Bhagwan, and Sri, Srimad means the beauty, the beautiful Bhagavat. The beautiful Bhagavat. That means what? It is their term Radha Bhagavatam. This Bhagavatam is all about Radha. If it's about the beauty of Bhagwan, it must be about Radha. And this is the natural commentary of Vedanta Sutra. How you can comment on Vedanta without talking about Radha? This is the idea. Krishna Kaviraj Goswami's explanation of Radha, which he embarks upon in that fourth chapter, invoking this that verse Radha Krishna Pranay Vikitilani Shakti Rasmad. He embarks upon this explanation of Radha with a view to explain to us about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, why he appears, what he's about, what makes him tick. He's Krishna, Gaur Krishna, uh, Gaur Narayan, but in a special appearance. He's Gaur Krishna. <laughs> Someone asked me recently on my trip to the East Coast, a sannyasi guru from Iskon, who was attending the, the, the discourses there, asked me if I could explain something about the Yuga Abhutar of Kali Yuga that comes in other Kali Yugas rather than this one. So, of course, naturally, I gave a long, ex- long explanation which more or less amounted to the glorification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in this Yuga and how, why it's important to focus our attention on that and how it obscures what to speak of... it obscures the significance of the descent of all avatars. Prabhupada Saraswati Thakur said something like this, what is the, who cares that Varaha has lifted the, the earth? Or that this avatar or that avatar has done this or that on earth? Since since the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in this Kali Yuga, such a, it's so extraordinary. All these things go to the back page. It's just it's a line or two. This is the headline story, and it should be discussed by everyone, all of the pundits from so many angles of vision. The special appearance of Gaur Krishna, not Gornanayan. Yes, Gornanayan comes in other yugas, but they're not very much concerned about that. They're not very interested in that. Yes, he distributes the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, but that is Taraka Brahma Mantra. That will give deliverance to Vaikuntha. But when Gaur Krishna comes, just after Krishna himself comes, Gaur Krishna comes. And he comes giving Sankirtan, Krishna Das Kaviras Goswami says, in a special way, because he has woven that Nam Sankirtan in a wreath with praying. By this Nam Sankirtan, you will not get only deliverance from Kali Yuga, Kali Kalamashanashanam. You will get the praying and the highest praying. You will get the praying, you can get the praying of Radha. Therefore, it is some kirtanam. Kirtanam means to glorify, and some means completely, and some means also samartha, samartarati. Samartarati means that love of Radha. It is samartha, complete, subjugates Krishna, conquers Krishna entirely. Therefore, Sri Krishna and kirtanam Mahaprabhu came to give. We should be concerned with this Krishna, Gaur Krishna. And the special dispensation that he's come to give. Explaining about him, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says, I have to first explain about Radha. 
in terms of his inner, what what makes Krishna Gaur. And there, in that explanation, he explains very nicely, Beda Bed, Achinta Beda Bed, the oneness and difference between Radha and Krishna. In the context of doing that, he cites a nice verse, famous verse from Bali Gautamiya Tantra, describes different names of Radha, one of which is Sarvalakshmi. So he gives different meanings, different explanations there. In one place he says, Krishnera Sadbidha Aishparja. Sarva Lakshmi. Lakshmi means opulence. So he says, this name means, Sarva Lakshmi means that Radha is the six opulences of Krishna. Such a nice idea. What a wonderful explanation. Radha is the six opulences of Krishna. Krishnera Sadbida Aishwarja. What are the six opulences of Krishna? The six opulences of Krishna are that by which he becomes known as Bhagwan. Parasharam has given a very nice explanation of the word uh, Bhagwan. He says Bhagwan means who possesses all six opulences wealth, strength, beauty, knowledge, fame, and renunciation. So if Krishna does not have these six opulences, how is he Bhagwan? The Radha in Krishna. The, the Lakshmi in Narayan. That is his opulence. This is what makes him Bhagwan. You cannot separate from him. Such a nice idea. You, you might ask, how is Radha the six opulences of Krishna? Well, you can think about it. Wealth. Oh, because she is so precious. The most precious thing to him. She is the wealth of Krishna. What else could be the wealth of Krishna? Wealth. Uh, strength. She's the strength of Krishna. What do you get strength from? If you're weak, what do you do? You eat! <laughs> you eat! Who is the cook? Radha. Hmm? She is given a blessing by Durvas. Whatever she cooks will be like nectar. Even though she appears to be married to another. Brajeshwari uh, Yashoda insists and cannot be refused that her son, she being the queen of Braj, the best cook in the Braj must cook for him. So every day an arrangement is made, of course. And she comes from Nyavat to Nandagram to cook for Krishna. And because he eats her cooking, you sort of think, therefore he, can be, he has the power to defeat those demons that those boys are always talking about that they encountered in their latest adventure. So wealth, strength, fame... How is Radha the fame of Krishna? Because without Radha, there's no question of bhakti. Radha makes devotees. When when Ladini comes within us, we become a devotee. She is like the like a a canal between the drop of water that is the jiva and the ocean that is Krishna, making them meet. She is the best devotee of Krishna. She she is both deity and ideal of devotion. So. Who gives fame to Krishna? His devotees. Who would know about him if they did not talk about him? She is the best devotee. So she is the fame of Krishna. So strength, wealth, strength, fame, beauty. Prabhupada said, <laughs> Krishna is not very beautiful alone. But when he's standing next to Radha, then he becomes very beautiful. It's actually stated in Bhagavat and also in Vedanta. 
Vedanta Sutra, that in connection with his shaktis, he becomes more beautiful. So as beautiful as Krishna gets, that is in connection with Radha. She is a beauty of Krishna. Wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge. Hmm. She is, how is she the knowledge of Krishna? Because she can make him forget everything he knows. Hmm? <laughs> so she's the ultimate in, in Krishna's knowing. She can make him forget everything. And renunciation, he will renounce everything for her. Hmm? He will give up everything for her. Hmm? He even gave up Golok to come in pursuance of her of her love. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who appears as the perfect renunciate. In this way, Gaudiya Vaishnavas can speak about Radha with regard to Vedanta. Sri Radha, whose appearance, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says, is eternal. As Krishna is eternally one, he eternally becomes two. That's the idea of appearing out of her left side. It means someone saw her at some point, but she's always there. Who saw her? Those other Gaudiya Vaishnavas. They saw her. They put her next to Krishna. Yes, that's a fact. These Gaudiya people, they put her next to Krishna. These are our acharyas. This was questioned in Jaipur. Radha was standing next to Krishna and they are being equally worshipped. The deity of Rupa Goswami, Radha Govinda. Oh, Vaishnavas were around and about but all this emphasis on Shakti, a little questionable, and now you're going to put the Shakti right next to Narayan and worship equally. And then you're going to take the remnants of Radha and Krishna and offer it to Narayan? What is this? This was going on. So they questioned the Siddhanta, authenticity of this religious practice. What is the understanding? What kind of, what is it? What is the Vedanta based on? This was the objection in Jayapur to the Gaudiya. So the Gaudiyas have put Radha next to Krishna. They saw her. She's eternally there, but they saw it. So they have established this kind of worship. Of course, Baladev came in Jayapur. And Govindaji spoke to him, who is Radha? That is Govindavasha. Govindavasha means the language, the speaking of Govinda. Govindaji Jiti spoke in the heart of Baladev and said, tell him this about Radha. And from that he gave a whole explanation of Vedanta. Because the Gaudias had no no commentary on Vedanta. Why? Because Mahaprabhu said Bhagavatam is a commentary in Vedanta. Why by the author of Vedanta. So why do we need to write our own? But when the challenge came and people didn't accept that Baladev paying obeisances to Mahaprabhu, glorifying him and his position for accepting the Bhagavatam as sufficient, more than sufficient, as a commentary on Bhagavatam. He said, oh, with my pranam to him, accepting this principle still, by force of circumstance, given the challenge, I write this Govinda Bhasha. Govinda spoke it to him in his heart. There the, the position of Shakti, of Radha, is established in terms of Vedanta. So she's eternal, eternally existing. This is the tattva. But of course, according to Bhava, she makes her appearance at a particular time. One may question, sometimes people argue, well, actually, Radha and Krishna are really one. They're really one. But only for some purpose they appear as two, but really they're one. But you cannot say that again. This is Achintya Veda Veda. You cannot take the subjectivity away from objectivity, otherwise no one will explain. As soon as you begin to explain objectively, 
the subjective component comes in. Whatever comes from your mouth, then any movement that is a subjectivity. And because this subjective reality, the appearance of Radha, and the apparent difference between Radha and Krishna, that the Lila is about, gives so much pleasure to Bhagavan, we say it's more real. If you were to choose between the two, the oneness of the difference, we will emphasize the difference. <laughs> that is more real. Some Siddhir Haritoshana, more real. What is the standard of reality that by which Hari is pleased? So she has her appearance in the Leela. Hmm? And we celebrate that on Radhas, Radhastami. It is said that uh, Radha appeared in Raval. Raval is a it was the capital of Vrishabhanu Maharaj, her father. And just as Nanda Maharaj was living in Gokul Malan, where Krishna appeared, but moved according to circumstances due to the problems that were occurring in the Leela, demons being sent by Kongs and so forth. Similarly, Vrishabhanu Maharaj and Kirtida, his wife, after the birth of Radha, First, they had a son, Sridham, and then Radha. They moved from Raval to um, Barshana. So Barshana is famous for the uh, many of the pastimes of Radha. And Raval, her actual birthplace, just like Vrindavan is famous for Krishna's pastimes, and Gokul for his birth. Of course, Radha also moved to another place, and that is to Javat when she was betrothed to um, Abhimanyu. So that place is, is difficult for her to pursue her, her ideal. In Barshana it's more easy. So these are the three places in the Braj that are most identified with, with, with Radha, Ravel, Barshana, and, and Yavad. In Ravel, as I mentioned, she appeared from Rishabhanu and Kirtida. Vishrabhanu is depicted as an elderly gentleman, 50 years old, mustached, very wealthy, uh, many cows, and uh, uh, leader of his, of his group. His wife, Kirtida, also a very wonderful lady. Vishrabhanu, Vishrabh. Vishrabh means great, means the best. Vishrabh. Bhanu means uh, light. The best light. Sometimes he's described as an as, as as an ocean, because from him came the best light. How does light come from the ocean? In poetry, well, in a poetic vision of reality, the material reality, the sun comes up out of the ocean every morning. This huge light, the biggest light in the world, rises out of the ocean and makes the darkness complete, dissipates the darkness entirely. By light we will see. So out of the ocean of Brishabhanu, this Siradika has come like a big light. So he's Brishabhanu, huh? the source of the greatest light. We can say also the greatest light is Brahman, but she is the one who casts light on Brahman, a particular light on Brahman that enables us to see him in a very charming way, in the full, his full, the full expression of himself of the Absolute, in Lilamai, Lilananda. 
Vrishabhanu, she's called Vrishabhanu Nandini. Nandini means pleasure. So who, who gives joy to Vrishabhanu? We can say this. Who gives joy to the greatest light, the light of Brahman? Who is the joy? Brahman is joy, but she is that joy <laughs> of Brahman. Hmm? Who gives joy to him, making him dance, which is Radha. It is said that um, also Vrishabh, Prishab also means bull. A bull represents dharma. So the light of dharma. She is who sheds light on dharma or gives joy to the prince of, of dharma. Making Krishna would speak about dharma, that's one thing. But under the influence of Radha, it comes to Prem dharma. A very high thing, a very extraordinary thing. So extraordinary that it almost looks adharmic, Radha's love for Krishna. So, to Vrishabhanu Maharaj, we pay tribute on the day, the day of Radhastami. We offer our pranam to him. He has given the world Radha. How much we are indebted to him and his wife, Kirti Da. Kirti means fame. Da means to give. So she gives fame. Just like Jashoda. Jashoda, to give fame. Yashoda gave fame by giving Krishna, but she gave her fame away by giving it to Devaki. Thus, Krishna is known widely as Devaki Nandan, the joy of Devaki, the son of Devaki. The fact that he's actually the son of Yashoda, that is a hidden thing. She gave the fame of being the mother to Devaki, but she kept Krishna. Hmm? <laughs> that is the trade-off. Two mothers. You take the fame of being the mother, I will take Krishna. And she hid him away in Vrindavan. So she's hiding him there. But Kirti Da means who gives fame. The mother of Radhika. She gave fame really by, because she has given Radha. And Radha is telling everyone about Krishna hiding in the Braj. She's making everyone devotee. So she's bringing out Krishna from Braj, glorifying Krishna. Even Krishna outside of the Braj, Devaki Nandan Krishna, as he's known. What is he doing there in Mathura? What is he doing in Dwarka? He's glorifying Radha's love for him. So Kirti does give her a fame. She's making Krishna, Brajanda Nandan Krishna, famous by giving birth to Radha. And Brishabhanu Raj, he's appearing in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Leela. We've read something about that last night and this morning, as described in Chaitanya Bhagavat. He was a great devotee. He appeared as Pundarik Bidiniti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the mood of Radha, chanted, Pundarik Bap! Pundarik Bap! Everyone thought, what is he talking about? Pundarik Bap! My father, Pundarik! Oh, my father, Pundarik! Pundarik means white lotus. It's a name for Bhagwan. So you could be calling the name of God, but Father? Bodhi Vaishnavas don't think of God as Father. Then he said, Vidyanidhi means abode of knowledge. Mahaprabhu later called him Premanidhi. Mm. The, the ultimate of no, expression of the fullest knowledge is Prem. Raja Vidya Raja Kuyam. It's about Prem, love. The devotees understood, oh, he's talking about a person. Pundarik Vidyanidhi. Who's that? Who's that? Mahaprabhu then began to explain, Pundarik, he's a great Vaishnava. He lives in such and such place. 
please, I hope that he will come here. This way Mahaprabhu in his heart, as he begins to manifest himself in his lila, bringing his devotees from different places. So Pundarik lived in another place, but he had a house also in Nadia. And one day Pundarik came, carried on a palanquin, people fanning him, sitting in his room on a, on a throne, a spittoon on this side, a spittoon on that side, a gold box with pan inside, chewing that, spitting here, spitting there, hmm? his hair all greased with amalaki oil, <laughs> finest cloth, hmm? smoking a hookah. Mahaprabhu said, Oh, Premaniti, Pundarik Pudini, the great Vaishnava, let him come here. Mukunda knew him because he was born from the same place, same village. Famous singer of Mahaprabhu. So he thought, now he's come, let me take Garadhar, who's a natural devotee and has natural regard for Vaishnavas, to meet Pundarik. Who is, Ra- who is Garadhar? He is Radha in Korlila, from whom Mahab- Mahaprabhu has stolen the Bhava. And Pundarik is the father of Radha. Mukunda is making the union between Pundarik and Garadhar. Brings Garadhar by the hand to meet the Vaishnav, and there he is smoking a hookah, chewing pan, dressed like a fancy Dan, a materialist. And Garadhar thought, oh, he's materialistic. What kind of Vaishnav is this? Why has Mukunda brought me here? This way some, some offense came in his heart. Not easy to understand the Vaishnava. Vaishnava Kriyamuda Bignina Bhujai. We have to go into their heart. Mukunda knew his heart. So he began to sing a song from Bhagavatam. Oh Bhagiyam Stanagalakutam. When Pundarik heard this, he went into ecstasy. Chaitanya Bhagavat described. He went so mad with shivering and trembling that he kicked his feet everywhere. Everything broke. All the fancy paraphernalia that he had smashed and crushed, thrashing his arms and legs everywhere, falling on the ground. The devotees thought he, his, his very bones will break. Seeing this, Gadadhar had some remorse. Oh my God, he thought. Just hearing this verse, he has gone into such ecstasy. Six hours he remained in a trance. At that point, Gadadhar resolved, I have made an offense to a Vaishnava. I must become a student. I have not yet received diksha, mantra diksha, that I will resolve with Mahabharata's blessing that, that I will have him as my spiritual master. Pundarik went mad. Why he went mad? He heard this verse. It is about Vatsalya Bhakti. One thing. That is one thing. Krishna in his infancy, Vishabhana was Maharaj is a Vatsalya Bhakta. And Hearing about Krishna's embassy being what? Approached by Putana. Putana dressed like a devotee of the brudge, smeared the poison on her breast and offered that breast to Krishna. We have a ch- this verse that, that Mukunda chanted Uddhava, is a statement of Uddhava in the Bhagavatam. Oh, who would, in right mind will take shelter of anyone else than Krishna, who gave motherhood to Putana even though she came with a desire to poison him by giving him her breast? Milk. How insidious to offer the breast with such a tender thing and the milk from that which nourishes the infant who is de- entirely dependent upon that and to smear poison on that. Oh, such a horrible thing. So horrible was her motive. Yet Krishna is so kind that he gave her position of Vatsalya Bhakti in his Leela. 
who in the right mind will take shelter of anyone else, is what he said. So Bishop Alumar, uh, or uh, hearing this, he came in ecstasy. Also it's said about the appearance of Radha. There are a number of different explanations. The standard appearance is that she appeared from the womb of Kirtida, the house of Vrishubhana Maharaj in Rabal. But in devotees' hearts, of hearts, they experience different types, different nuances of the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. In Rupa Goswami's heart, he had a different experience. What was the experience of Rupa Goswami? He relates that in Vidagdamanava. In Vidagdamanava, Rupa Goswami, this is his drama, he experienced that Radharani appeared as the daughter of the uh, Vindhya mountain. It is said that the Himalaya, the Vindhya range, had a desire to outdo the Himalaya. What was the, the virtue of Himalaya? The virtue of Himalaya was that Himalaya had a daughter that was so chaste. Who was the daughter of the Himalaya? Parvati. Parvati means mountain. Himalaya is a big mountain range. So from Himalaya comes Parvati, Sati, so chaste, the daughter of the Himalaya. She was wedded with Shiva, such a famous husband. So this is the glory of Himalaya. And the Vindhya mountain range is thinking, I have sometimes competition between the Joneses, with the Joneses. So I wanted to have a more chaste daughter and a more famous husband. So on account of that desire, Yogamaya, although Radha was appearing in the womb of Kirtida, she was taken from there and given to the womb of the wife of the Vindhya mountain range and appeared from her. Then, of course, she has to find her way back to Duraval. How she found her way back? Putana came and kidnapped her. That was, she was commissioned to do that, to kill all the young boys born and to kidnap all the young girls and bring them to Kamsa. See? You thought he was bad enough <laughs> that he would arrange to kill all the young boys born. And he wanted to steal all the young girls, too, of that same age just to be double sure. So Putin picked her up, kidnapped her. This was her nature. That was her business. And she was... Uh, then Vindhya Mountain Range engaged a, a family priest to make a curse, to make a mantra, to do a yagya hmm, against this Putana. And under the influence of that, she dropped the child. She dropped the child... And then she was recovered and brought to Raval. This is a vision of Rupa Goswami in his heart. It also seeks to tell us that, that what? That Radharani is more chaste than Sati. We should know that. Although she appears to be unchaste, that is also influence of Radha. She is named Radha because she is born under the Radha constellation. The Radha constellation is also named Vishaka. For Vishaka Gopi and Radha, they are born on the same day. That's why Ramananda Rai, who is Vishaka Gopi, was so expert at counseling Mahaprabhu. When he came to meet Ramananda Rai, Ramananda Rai helped him and coached him to develop the bhava of Radha 
In Ramananda Samvad, the conversation between Roy Ramananda and Mahaprabhu, this is what's going on. The gradual progression of spiritual understanding, ideals and sadhyas and sadhanas, beginning with Varnashram, he comes ultimately to Radha Dasyam, Ramananda Roy, explaining to Mahaprabhu. In the context of that, at one point you may know he explains the form of Radha, so many baths, she takes a bath in this, she takes a bath in that. They give an esoteric explanation of the form of Radha. Radha Bhav, Mahabhav Surupini. This is Radha, the personification of, uh, of Mahabhav. She is Ladini. The essence of Ladini is Bhav. The essence of Bhav is Mahabhav. This is Radha. Ramananda Ray is coaching Mahaprabhu in Rag Bhakti. Therefore, he's called the Ragmar Guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What your form will be like, if you want to taste the Mahabhav of Radha, it would be like this, and so forth. How you will serve. This is Vishaka's coaching. She's just like Radha, born on the same day. Practically they are almost the same. And that Radha constellation, oh, it, it's very nice. It's in, under its influence. One will flourish. With some endeavor, one will flourish, especially in the latter part of their life. This is how Bhakti works. Now you struggle. In the latter part of your life, you will flourish from that, from that struggle. Bhakti will un, not unfold immediately. All these wonderful things will not come in our heart quickly. But by giving your whole life to that, in the end, certainly it will come. The very name Radha means to worship, the best worshipper. This name comes in Bhagavatam, in the uh, 10th canto, a reference to Radha. Not that she only appears in the tenth canto. As I said before, is Radha Bhagavatam. She appears in the first canto, the first verse. Janmadhyasya yataha anvayad itarata chaarteshu abhiganasmasvarat anvayad itarata. Anvayad means directly. Itarata means indirectly. So from the Lila we're going back to Vedanta. Krishna is directly Bhagavan. Radharani is Indirectly, Bhagavan. Hmm? This book is about Radha and Krishna, both. In the tenth canto, of course, in the narrative, that indirect Bhagavan makes her appearance as the best of gopis. All of gopis proclaim it in the Rasa dance. Oh, she must have worshipped him better than all of us combined. See, they saw her footprints next to Krishna's and realized, oh, he hasn't gone alone. What is her position? That Radha constellation, who's born under that also? Some trouble in romantic life. Some problems of infidelity, questions of infidelity are found in the romantic life, not on the part of that person, but on the part of her husband. Hmm? No. Krishna. <laughs> Some questions of Krishna's fidelity. He goes with Chandravali, another one, and this one, and that one. She's his lover. She's the beloved. But her romantic life is troubled by questions of fidelity. Does he love me? Am I the only one, really, that he cares about? The fact is, yes. Chandravali, all other gopis, there are different expressions of Radha. And she has manifested herself in all these forms just to properly worship Krishna. And with regard to her own self, they create then different moods to bring out the measure of her joy. When a husband sees his wife is a little jealous, and when he really only loves her, that makes him happy. Oh. Hmm. 
Yeah, so Chandravali providing that. So she is she is, she is chaste, most chaste, Radha. Even if Krishna is going with another gopi, she will never go anywhere. Never. Some place it is said that her husband is a partial manifestation of Krishna, Abhimanyu. Most chaste, you know that famous story that um, Krishna became sick. He had a fever. And so he asked, many people were trying to bring him some cure. Shodamayi uh, wanted to cure him. Krishna appeared as a doctor in another form. And he said, oh, I can tell you what's wrong. This boy needs some water brought in a porous pot. So you showed us, we've got to get a porous pot and bring water. People said, well, you're crazy. You can't bring water in a porous pot. <laughs> we have to do it anyway. This is the cure for my son. He's got a fever. He could die. But there is no such thing as bringing water in a porous pot. We'll all fall out. So the doctor says, oh, yeah, there's a possibility of that. A chaste lady can bring water in a porous pot. Hmm? So bring the most chaste lady. So immediately, of course... Jatila was called, Kutila, sister-in-law of Radha. They had a reputation for being so chaste. They were always watching out for the chastity of the ladies, the girls of Vrindavan. This was their preoccupation. Hmm? <laughs> you should know from this, what? Often what people are preoccupied with in others is what they are about. Atmavatmanati jagat, it is said in Bhagavatam. What one thinks... Others are like, that's what we are like. <laughs> These two are so concerned with the chastity of the girls, especially Radha's chastity, and bringing it into question constantly, coming and sneaking and peeking and trying to find out what they're up to. Because after all, that Krishna, he's a very attractive young man, and a womanizer, could never quite catch him in the act, but... A lot of rumors going on around about him. They were then ostensibly thought to be the most chaste ladies of the bride, certainly. But when this came, Mother says, Bring, they have to come. They have to come. My son is going to die. Give them the poorest pot. Of course, much of their embarrassment under the influence <laughs> and, uh, of Yashoda's insistence, they had to go to the Jamuna and bring water in the poorest pot, only to return with... An empty pot. Hmm? <laughs> so their quest, their chastity comes into question. Hmm, what is that? <laughs> hmm? And the doctor said, anyway, these girls will not do, obviously. I know, there's one. Bring that Radha. Oh, Radha. She's, there's nobody have more rumors about the chastity than her. Hmm? <laughs> We know she cannot be chased. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Hmm? So many rumors about her. Doctor said, anyway, I think she can do it. Give her the pot. Hmm? Give her a chance. <laughs> she took the pot, she went to the Jumana, she brought the... And Krishna appeared there, mystically, visible to her, only putting his hands in all the holes. Hmm? She brought the, por porous, the water back in a porous pot. Krishna drank the water, he became cured. This way it was established, the chastity, chastity of Radha. So, what to speak of Sati? Sati is another name for Radha only. Sati, she's a partial manifestation of Radha. 
and Mahadev Shiva, partial manifestation of Bhagavan Krishna Krishna. So this may be the fame of Himalaya, but the Vindhya mountain <laughs> got his desire. All of this helped us to appreciate the, 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 the chastity of Radha. This, this vision came in the heart of Rupa Goswami, and he's explained it in his um, So in different kalpas, there may be a different, different explanation of these leelas, as it appears to great devotees, or as it appears in their hearts. It's happening. If it's happening in their heart, it's happening. And Pundarik, now you can know why he painted. Hearing about Putana, who had picked up his child, mm. somehow she had been transferred to the mountain. She was carrying the child with it with the intention of giving her to Kangsa. But due to the to the priest's curse sacrifice and mantra, the baby was dropped, recovered, brought back to where she belongs. Hearing this Pundarik went mad. Gadadhar could see, oh, he's a great Mahabhagavata. Mahabhagavata will give the blessing. And Gadadhar, with Radha and Gorlila, became the disciple of Pundarik Bidinidi, who is Vrishabhanu Raja. We owe tribute to him and to Kirtida, as I'm mentioning, who gives fame. I've explained how she's given fame in Krishna Lila by giving Radha, who, glor- who, who is the best devotee. And without a devotee, of being, without having a devotee, who will know about you? <laughs> Your devotee will sing about you. So she is the best devotee. She sang about Krishna. In fact, sings about Krishna better than anyone else. In fact, only the influence of Radha in our life can make us a devotee. Only when this influence comes, Ladini Shakti, can we be a real devotee. So, as I said, she is the opulence of Krishna. She is the fame of Krishna. One of his opulences also. But what Kirtida has done, in and Bishabhanu has come in Gorlila, initiated the Gadadhar, the fast friend of Mahabharu, who went with him everywhere. And Kirti, the Kirti means fame. And Kirti, from Kirti, comes Kirtanam. By Kirtan, one will become famous. If you do Kirtan, you will become famous. means if you glorify another, you will become glorified. If you make it a practice in your life to, to sing the virtues of others, you will become well known. And if it's Krishna Kirtan, Eve Tribuna, your Jasha, your fame, Tribhuvana, will be known all over the three worlds. This is devotee. This is Guru. Eve Nartam Thakur prays. He sings. Your fame is known all over the three worlds because you are doing Krishna Kirtan, Shri Krishna Kirtan. So Kirti Dal, who gives fame, who gives Radha. And it is after Radha that Mahaprabhu is going, that Krishna is going, to taste the full measure of love. When he saw, she experiences a kind of love that I have never tasted. My position as the supreme taster of love is now in question. I have to get that love. How will he get it? He has to steal it. She will not give it. He has to steal it. And he's a thief. And what does, a st- what does a thief do after he steals? He hides away. He hides. So Krishna stealing the bhava of Radha is hiding away in Kali Yuga. That's why he, he's not a parent. Gaudiya people are coming to bring him out. And who are Gaudiya people? People under the influence of Radha. 
they are doing Kirtan, Krishna Kirtan, Sri Krishna Kirtan. And that some Kirtan comes ultimately to Samartarati, bringing him out in the fullest. Krishna is hiding in Kali Yuga. People think there is no Yuga avatar in Kali Yuga. He's Tri Yuga. Bhagavan is known as Tri Yuga. Who appears in three Yugas? Because he's a thief. He's stolen the Bhava of Radha. He has to hide. Hiding in Kali Yuga. And Radha will, will bring him out. Expose the fellow. You thief. You've stolen my Bhava. I take it from you and give it to everyone. Share it with everyone through Kirtan. Let everyone take this Sri Krishna Sankirtan and become famous throughout the three worlds. Become well known. Hmm? Uncover the truth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna pursuing the love of Radha. Hmm? This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So we offer our pranam, Sandhavat hmm? pranam, to Kirtida, to Prishabhanu, hmm? Raj, mother and father of Radha to Radhika herself, to Bhagavan Sri Krishna, whom she is non-different from, to all jivas, who sees also, who also partial manifestation of her being uh, as, as Shakti Tattva, and she being the primal Shakti. And we pay our pranam even to matter, even to the inert things, manifestation of the Maya Shakti, also coming ultimately from her. Radha is about worship, worship, the best worship, Aradhananam Sarvesham, Vishnu Aradhanam Param. Tadiyanam Samacham. To worship Vishnu, that is the best thing. But to worship that which is dear to Vishnu, that is even more, that is even better. So therefore, Gaudiya Vaishnavas are the worshippers of Radha. And this will be, seem like a very funny Vedanta to some people. To give so much emphasis to the Shakti. To deify the Shakti. But we have given some explanation how it is appropriate. And the explanation naturally coming from a Gaudiya people will be sound philosophically and if you have another argument philosophically that you can give different interpretations of Shastra and so forth that are supportable and reach a stalemate with us then we still have the trump card to play that our explanation is more charming. So, in this way we begin our celebrations of Sri Radhastana. Sri Radhe Ki Jai, Radhe Sham Ki Jai. Any question? In, in the practical sense in our lives, uh, how does this relate to relationships between men and women? Is there any point other than procreation? And what's the point of men and women getting together? Does it relate in any way? Um, it relates in the, in, the, in the way that it's kind of like a reflection of that ultimate reality. But in, in reflections, things are turned backwards. What is our task and what could be our highest task, our, our highest goal in, in a relationship? With the yes, female? that is a good question. The highest goal that to uh, achieve in the context of, having a, of, of men and women having a relationship is the same goal that celibates will seek. That means love of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? So, they should make their life, their relationship with one another, be centered around sacrificing. It has to be to stay together. <laughs> Everybody's got to give and 
take. So uh, they should make uh, the center of the relationship sacrifice. It means that, that the relationship should be about giving to one another, and about taking. And as much as they do that, then they become whole, interestingly enough. Each individual will become whole. And that full giving becomes possible when we put in place, in terms of the relationship, a center that is um, fathomless, that has no bottom, that is endless. In other words, you could sac- you can get together around a particular cause and sacrifice. Like people have children, so you sacrifice for the children. So generally, when when the two get married, then they have children. Relationship changes just a little bit. It becomes less one of infatuation and more one of pragmatic, uh, and, and, and the love is kind of transmuted from one another to the child, and sacrifices are made, isn't it? So that is sometimes considered higher. In other words, just the infatuation between man and woman, yeah, we can write about it and so forth and so on, but it becomes more meaningful when the relationship is based on the sacrifice that manifests in the form of children. There's more giving involved. So, therefore, it's a in a married life is about having children. That's a way to progress away from selfishness. Mm-hmm. Hmm? You follow me? So, the, the fullest manifestation, the fullest, the, the most complete center to base our relationship on, through which it can become one of self of self sacrificing by which we can, be, as individuals, can become whole. After all, men and women get together because they don't feel whole. That's why they get together. They don't feel whole in and of themselves, so they want a partner. So there's something in the partner that the other wants, and you know, so there still has to be some sacrificing on each part to get the other one's half or something like that. So it's really about becoming whole. And the interesting and mystical reality of it is that we become whole by sacrificing. <coughs> so, put Krishna in the center. He's the supreme enjoyer, the ultimate center. And we can sacrifice unlimitedly around Krishna. We can give unlimitedly because he's the supreme taker. So, we're making, by making Krishna the center of our relationship, the full potential of the relationship can be realized. And that's what we teach. Grihe tako, bane tako. Same thing for the householder as for the sannyasi. Another question? Gadadhar Pandit is representing Srimati Radharani and Gorlila, yet not fully. There's some as he's been robbed, Radharani robbed of the bhava, mm-hmm. and so he manifests in that, in that uh, position, manifests up moods somewhat akin to Rukmini's. It's said, and I was wondering if you could, could elaborate on that a little. Or... Well, in a very basic sense, it means that being the source of all shaktis. So, she is Rukmini, she is Satyabhama, mm-hmm. she is Parvati, she is Sachi of Indra, Indra's wife, even. Hmm? Uh, less so, but also partially. So, all these shakti tattvas are particular manifestations of Radha. So, if the bhava of Radha is stolen, hmm? mm-hmm. of course this is all just you know poetic language and so forth, which is Leela is all just poetry in, in motion, but 
if the Bab of Radha is, is, is taken, in, in, in the writings of, um, of Kavikarnapur, he says, when Mahabrabhu takes the Bab of Radha, then she becomes Vishaka, or Lalita. Lalita is Anuradha, who follows Radha. I've already said Vishaka is just like Radha. So, but not quite. They are principal attendants. They are capable of being group leaders themselves, Yuteshwaris, having direct relationship with Krishna. There are different groups. Krishna has relationship with different gopis. But they defer to Radha, acknowledging her supreme position. So, such attendance she has. Nobody has attendance like this, you see. Nobody has attendance amongst gopis who have relationship with Krishna, of the standard of Lalita and Vishaka, who could be group leaders themselves. And to them come all the manjaris, Bharata. Hmm? So, they're very qualified, but still, Radha is something more. So, if Mahabhavu steals, steals the whole bhav, then she comes down to Gadadhar, comes down to the position of Vishaka, as he mentions. So, same idea, same concept. Mm-hmm. Hmm? In Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami's book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, in, in Puri, which is like Dwaraka, then Mahaprabhu tries to evoke from Garadhar the Vamabhav. Vamabhav means the power to, uh, like, Vama means left, so it's left wing. Left wing gopi means who is a dominant nature, who is a dominant lover, who, who pouts, hmm? and who becomes angry with Krishna, and whom Krishna becomes intimidated by. Hmm? <laughs> this kind of lover. This is Radha's nature. Mahamabhav. There's one thing about it. It's also said about the Radha constellation that tends to be dominant. <laughs> Who's born under that star. <laughs> hmm? Under the Radha constellation. Tends to dominate her lover. So Krishna likes this very much. He's very much charmed by that. In Puri, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tried to draw this out from Gadadhar to see this. Mahaprabhu was tasting Krishna, tasting Bhava. He wanted to see this Bhava, this dominant Bhava. But he could not show it. The instance was with regard to Balaba. Balaba was not uh, well received by Mahaprabhu in terms of his proposals. And so none of the devotees would would give him the time of day. But Gadadhar is depicted there as being very submissive by, in nature. So Gadadhar forced him, or Balaba forced himself on Gadadhar and Gadadhar couldn't, couldn't refuse him. So he, he, he entertained some of his desire to discuss. And so he was worried, Mahabhava will become angry. Mahabhava will become angry with me. There it's described that his bab was just like Rukmini, who was uh, like that, submissive. When Krishna said to her, Oh, you know, uh, I'm not fit for you. Long, so many verses. In so many ways, I'm not fit to be your husband. She didn't say, Stop it, knock it off, what are you talking about? She just fainted. Oh. <laughs> it was completely submissive. No reply. Hmm? So Garada was like this. Mahaprabhu tried to bring it. He couldn't get it out of him. Therefore, Krishna's Goswami says, just like Rukmini, she appeared. And that is the queen of Dwarka. As the principal Shakti Tattva of Dwarka, 
All these shaktis, they come from Radha. Mahaprabhu later said, I was just trying to draw that out from you, but you know, I could not get that. Well, he should have complained, of course, because you've taken it. <laughs> 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 Left me like this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>